Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listener and welcome to episode 40 of the From the Finney podcast with Jimmy, Lairdy and me, Jake. In this post-match episode, we'll be discussing tonight's 1-0 defeat against Watford and we'll finish off by looking ahead to Saturday's trip to Cardiff. Enjoy! How are we, fellas? Are we good? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Awake, just about. Yeah. It was a, a weird one, wasn't it? Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. Um, before we crack on trying to talk about that um, just a reminder as always that you can support us here at From The Finney uh, just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From The Finney and any money that's received will go towards helping to keep the podcast and the website running um, it's massively appreciated and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts you can leave us a review on there I know Jimmy always bangs on about it so I'll join him uh, I think we're over 100, 100 now and we're still five-star rated somehow. So, yeah. Um, Tuesday night, it, it it was, well, it was about as flat as a pancake really, wasn't it? Oh, I can't believe you said that. I texted you, I was taking the mic and then obviously you, you could probably name the episode flat as a pancake now. But, well, uh, you said we'd be missing a trick. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit... Um, just never got going, did it really? I thought like we did all right in terms of without the ball. Thought we we contained them quite high, you know, in terms of the press and the shape. Just kept them in their own, own half for a lot of the, a lot of the first half, and then obviously when they did come into our half, you know, our defensive structure we went really narrow. We just went the width of the penalty area. You know, we didn't really they didn't really create anything, did they? You know, and. I think Ched's chance is a great ball by Ben Whiteman, who was all right tonight. Defensively, he's still not fantastic, but I think on the ball, you can tell he's got something about him. And, you know, the form that Ched's in, you'd probably expect him to, to take the chance. Like, but, and if that goes in, it's probably a different game, isn't it? Because then they're going to come at us more. Yeah. And, and, and that's when we're, we're in a, a good place when that happens because the team attacks Preston then we'll just we'll pick them off on the counter you know and I thought we did that quite effectively first half you know when when we did counter attack and when we, we were attacking them with pace and I thought we looked all, like that's how we were going to create chances but yeah it just never got going as a game really and I think first half I think their commentator said they had like 72% possession the first 35 minutes just, we just surrendered possession I think they had 69% at half time and they can have the ball because they weren't really they didn't really create anything with it. So it didn't bother me that they had all this possession. And um, they never really looked like creating much, really, to be honest. And I think as well, the further the first half went on, you could see that they were starting to sort of not lose their heads a little bit, but there was one or two sort of misplaced passes creeping in. And I think sort of our shape and how we were playing was probably starting to get to them and for them I think half time probably came at a good time I think yeah. so yeah I think you're right there uh, do you know what sometimes it's a brave decision what um, Neil did you know tonight to be at home surrender possession and um, camp 
you know, deep, you know, sometimes you might say it's negative and it probably is, but actually I think it's quite a, um, a brave thing to do by a manager, especially at home is to do what he tried to do today and sit back. And it nearly came off the plan. It nearly did come off, you know, and probably we would be sitting here if there was a draw or a win in, in a very different way of, of saying it. And maybe the reaction on Twitter would be a lot different as well. But yeah. I, I think it was a brave thing for him to the game plan to, to sit back and, and do and you're right, Jimmy. You're totally right. The way their shape when they entered our half tonight was brilliant. They couldn't get through us, couldn't really bite through us. Um, what did impress me about Watford was when they did lose the ball. Their tempo was high. They they chased and harried us to win that ball back and not give us a lot of time on the ball to to really mount a counter attack or mount any pressure. So especially the two wide really, players, yeah, Ken, yeah, Ken yeah. Samarin. Obviously, we talked about Saar, didn't we, on Friday night? I think everyone knows what he's about but yeah I thought their wide players sort of whereas the old football difficult. cliche is those types of players the flair players you, they probably won't work as hard but actually they, they do both sides of the game really well didn't they yeah yeah, that side impressed me tonight I didn't expect him to be as hard working as he was um, speaking of hard work I thought Scott Sinclair did a lot off the ball tonight rather than he didn't get a lot of chance on it but off the ball I thought both the wingers before he made the changes they worked hard but they didn't really get on. We didn't get them on the ball enough for me, you know. And I think we were very direct to Evans, and DJ was playing as a second striker for a lot of the game. So when we did lose, when the ball came off that Watford's first line, and obviously the midfielders got it, then DJ came in, and it became a five in midfield rather than DJ was playing as pretty much a second striker when we were pressing high up the pitch, which was, it's probably very much, DJ does that a lot of the time, but tonight it was more evident than I've ever seen it before. And I thought, you know, when DJ sat in and Sinclair would go, it was quite clever what we did in terms of like the trigger presses and stuff tonight, in terms of who who went and when. And, I, I, you know, it just pinned Watford back for a lot of the time. You know, the amount of touches their keeper and their, their, their back four have had tonight, you know, I've not seen the stats yet because I've not had time to look, but I bet, they're probably the, the most touches on the pitch, um, apart from cleverly. I thought, you know, I thought you can just tell like he's just got that that little bit of class above of what where we're at as a club at this moment in time. In you fairness, know, in I thought of, I thought Will Hughes was really good as well. Yeah, DJ tried doing a job on him, but like he's just little little one two shoes a lot of the time tonight. Good football though, good, you know, played Premier League football for, for what for did he? So you know, played played what 20, 25 games last season. A lot of their squad have got Premier League experience in abundance, and you know we don't have that. That's if we're honest. You know we've not got anyone apart from Scott Sinclair. Did Ched play in the Premier League? Um, sure. I know. Obviously, sure. Gordon's come from Everton. Mullumby's come from Brighton, but. I don't even think did Mullumby even make an appearance in the Prem this season, or was it just Carabao Cup? I think it was. Just I think it's just Cup. But Gordon's only made what fourteen appearances for Everton. He's not oh, played loads man. of games. Yeah, yeah I think he's made two or three starts for him. So, you know, the, the difference in experience was was quite evident to me tonight. You know, and, to, and, and the, when Watford went in front, I thought they managed the game really well. Mm. But I, I get fans' frustrations in terms of like, you know, we've been beat at home again and stuff. But we've been beat by the better team tonight. And let's be honest, if we don't concede. Another penalty, you know. That's I think it's seven in the league now this season. We've conceded three in the last five games. It's like we can't, you know, it's two against Watford. Can't give Watford two goals a season. 
No. That's, you know, you're asking for trouble when you're doing that. We've conceded two against Blackburn, home and away. We've conceded two against Watford, home and away. It's like, come on. You know, it, but the sloppy penalties to give away as well, that was needless tonight. Brownie's got sucked in, you know, so their lad on the left had a free cross. I think it's deflected off Whiteman and then Barkey's got in a tangle with their lad and it's a stonewall penalty for me. Like, you know, the ref, the ref couldn't wait to give it either, which didn't help. But, it was in fairness. We, I mean, we've criticised the refs quite a few times this season for the positioning, but I thought he was very well placed for it. He was what three, four could, yards away. Couldn't not give it, could he? It's just stonewall as it come for me. What did you think of it, Scott? At the penalty, yeah, it's just, it was just a, why, <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> a, something that could be avoided. I just, I just feel that. You've got to be clever. When the as soon as the player gets the ball in the box, you've got to defend differently. You can't, you, you can't get involved. You've got to almost give them that half a yard, and then it's a little bit of just you moving your feet quicker and trying to yeah. block the shot or pass it. And don't don't get involved in physical contact because you're right, like you said, the refs can't wait to give a penalty. They can't. I thought I thought he he might have been fouled in the build up to it, Barky, and was sort of a little bit off balance, and he's just hung his leg out. I mean, I'm not I'm not I think it was a penalty, but. You've almost yeah. got to concede ground a little bit in the box. Yeah. I always tell my lads, like when I'm coaching now, managers, get in the box, get the ball and get in the box. Don't don't get the ball and stay outside the box because as soon as you get in the box, the defender's got a decision to make then. They, they either come and tackle you, and fair play, they tackle you, they tackle you, but most of the time, the percentage of chance is in your 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 hands with the, the man with the ball because you've got, you're in total control because they've got to make a decision. Do you, they back off and give you ground to keep coming in the box or do they make a decision to tackle you and then they run the risk of you know Fouling giving away a penalty. Yeah. yeah. So get in the box, get the ball and get in, stay in the box. Don't get the ball and come out of the box or, or not go in. You know, get into that box because they've got a decision to make. Yeah. And that's what Watford did really well tonight. They defended their box really well. Like our touches in their box and out been minimal. You know, we've not had many have we let's be fair. So you you know when you've got the ball in the box, you know, they can't touch you. That, you know, you've got you've got to make the right decision as an attacker. You know, put the ball in the right areas. You know, and make like Scott just said, give the defenders a decision to make because at the end of the day, it could go anywhere. You know, we've seen that enough this season. Like it can, it can deflect, it can, you know, it can ricochet. Anything can happen when the ball get, gets drilled it's across the park. So you, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, so just just that's the thing. I just think felt we're missing tonight. Just missing that little bit of attacking impetus and. Yeah, just that little bit of spark. And when Gordon came on, you could see like he wanted to take the game to him. You know, and he, he actually, you know, he's quite direct with his dribbling and he's running at him and he's been fouled what, two or three times as well. So But you like that, don't you? You don't mind that. if they get tackled down again because at least he's trying to commit people, isn't he? Exactly. He's lost a couple ball a couple of times, but you don't mind if you lose the ball a couple of times if he's gonna take somebody on and he's he's actually trying to create something which I just felt we missed when it felt quite defensive that first hour before the goal, you know, in terms of our two wide players. And and then when he went three five two, that last what I, I got it down at eighty one minutes when he changed to three five two. I just felt he could have done that a little bit sooner because I, I know it's sort of gunko at that point and you're just trying to create anything, you know, and obviously we went really direct, but yeah, it's one of those really. The longer it stays at one nil, the more chance you've got of getting something out of the game. Yeah. You know, if we, if we conceded a second, then it's game over in it. But and they should have yeah. had a second. In fairness, that move toward the end, I think about eighty-eight minutes. 
quarters quite high up the pitch and it was just a very sloppy pass. Yeah, and Scott's 3v2. Yeah, yeah. But I think in terms of positives, I think one one for me tonight was Liam Lindsay. thought he played think, very well. I think both of them did. I think Jordan Story did well tonight and yeah. I've criticised Jordan Story a little bit this season. But I thought he did really well tonight. Look, it looked confident on the on the ball. He looked confident when he was defending. I thought that he... was the big thing, wasn't it? It it was. I mean, Alan Brown did well on the whole, I think. But I th- in a couple of moments, his decision making let him down. Whereas you look at Jordan's story tonight, and you can't really knock him. You know, his decisions were were the right ones. He he was defense solidly. Sorry, he was solid defensively. Um, and and like I said, Liam Lindsay as well was was a big plus for me. I think you said it during the game, Jim. He's he's probably what you'd call no frills, but you know you, you know what you're getting from him. And and so far, I would say he's he's probably been a six, seven out of ten. Well, obviously, Friday night it was probably an eight or nine out of ten. But mm. don't look like he's not played football for twelve months, does he? Let's be honest. I think in the first game he did. I think against Rotherham he looked a little bit out of sorts, which you can forgive him for, really. But the last two games, I don't uh, like. You just, I don't think you can knock him at all, really. Yeah, no, I think he's he's doing well. I think he he might stick with that as a partnership. Lindsay, you know, and obviously when he went three at the back, put Hughes there like we did Friday night. So yeah, just wait and see what we do for uh, on Saturday, really. I think you got you got to stick, especially at the back. You got to get get some sort of. Um, continuity at the back, definitely. How important was that for you, Scott, in terms of having set, you know, usual partnerships in terms of like you as a left back and having someone that was always with you at left side of centre half? Because I, I was talking about partnerships and how key it is to, you know, develop those little partnerships across the back four over the course of a season. Almost oh, definitely. It's hard because, you know, it's hard on the other lads that are waiting in the wings, but I think. Most importantly, you can swap and change wingers and attackers because you know that they they flitter in and out. But I think defensively, you need to get those relationships right because there are times in the game when they just attack the back four or or the back five. You got the back four and one in front, usually Welshy when we were playing. You know, we used to do a lot of work on the training field with just a back four and one in front of just wave after wave of this attacking them, and then you get used to what your partner alongside you is going to do at certain times so when the ball's in the air you know he's more dominant so you just cover around him or you would you would go and be the dominant one etc etc there's loads of ways you especially at the back you need to develop those partnerships and those understandings I think more than anywhere else on the pitch Was it usually Bales you played next to? Yeah brilliant because I knew that he was aggressive so I knew that I I just had to cover him you know as soon as I heard that noise Bales (laughs) Bales Bales ball I just just cover him because I know he would go through me you know to win the ball and he was only little wasn't he you know but he was yeah. he was brave as a lion and, and also he was quick he was deceptively quick people didn't realize how quick he actually was um so I knew that I could go tight to my man because I knew that he would cover me in behind whereas sometimes yeah. I play I wouldn't have to I couldn't go too tight to my winger because I knew that the threat in behind I wouldn't be covered you know um sometimes that might, might be hunts but hunts gives you qualities other than the pace, you know. So, um, as I say, I really think defensively, those partnerships are more key than probably anywhere else on the pitch, defensively especially. Yeah. Yeah. I think between now and the end of the season as well, barring maybe Greg coming in for Andrew Hughes at left-back, I think, like you've just said, Jim, that 
three of the back four is probably going to stick. You know, Lindsay Hughes, uh, sorry, Lindsay Story and Alan at right back. It, I mean, we've said it before, don't want to bang the same drum again and no disrespect to Joe Rafty, I'm sure he's a sound bloke, but he's not getting in ahead of Alan Brown at right back at the minute. It's as simple as that. Um, like you said just a minute ago, Scott Hunts obviously has his qualities. He's probably a bit too similar to Liam Lindsay, I would say. Um, and Alex Neal has been a massive fan of always having a bit of balance in the back four, you know, having a left footer on the left side, right footer on the right side. So can't really see Liam Lindsay being dropped. And then the only other question mark really is whether Jordan Story stays in, but if he carries on with the form he's shown at the minute, then don't see any reason why he would be dropped. Because he's, so, he's got a bit more pace. He's a bit more mobile as well, isn't he? Yeah, go on, Jimmy. Yeah, I was going to say, it's only two games for Story. You know, yeah. I remember, like, he's only, he's only, it's not, I wouldn't say it's four minutes, because it's, it's only two games. And, like, yeah, he's played well in both the games. I think Hunt's, was it the Rotherham game where he's come off and he just looks like it's, it's like he'd got a knock and then obviously there was a talk that he didn't train until the day before the, the Rovers game so obviously there's something there's something there in terms of like you know it's unlike Hunts to have days off training let's be fair but I get what you're saying in terms of like you can't play Lindsay and Hunts together too often it will happen this season there'll be yeah, games for both will. them to, to play um, because obviously it'd be, you, you'd struggle to fit them two in a, in a back three you could play play Lindsay and then two pacey lads either side um, like like Story and Hughes, for example. I know Hughes isn't the quickest, but he's very good in the air, and he's probably is a little bit more mobile than Hunt. Um, but there'll be games for Hunt this season, you know. That's and there'll be there'll be other games for where there'll be different combinations in the in in the back line. So, and let's not forget, say, we've got Young Sepp as well from Liverpool, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you, as um, the way it is at this season with the virus, you know, there's a lot of games thick and fast, isn't there? So. You got to utilize your squad, um, especially this season. So they, they, you're right. Hunter's going to play a lot, and Hunter's a good player. Let's be honest. He, he's just signed that new deal as well. So, but is that, you know, let's be honest. He is coming to the end of that his his footballing uh, lifespan in, in some mm. way. We're being brutally honest. You know, will he, does he know that? I think he they would had that conversation when he signed that new deal. He will become a bit more of a squad player towards the end. Yeah, um, and maybe is he is he thinking already? Um, this is a question to, to you two. Is he thinking already, the manager, about planning for next year already? Is he thinking about all right, sticking with a, a certain way of playing? Or to, to I think he's, he's been year? quite open, hasn't he, about how it's, this is a period of transition for the club. And I think in that, he doesn't just mean the sort of the players coming and going either. I think he, he obviously is referring to a style of play. And, you know, he's been so reliant in the past on Ben Davis, Ben Pierce, and Patrick Bauer when he was available. Obviously, he's out injured. Um, and when you're missing those three players, you're going to have to adapt how you play. You know, it's it's a no-brainer, really. Especially when you look at the players we've brought in. You're never going to get a, a light-for-light replacement for Piero. Um, Malumbi will run his bollocks off for as long as you tell him to. You know, his bags of energy. So, straight away there, you've got different sort of different players to to sort of find a way to play with and it's never it's never that goes be back the to same. our point then that goes back to the point me and you had before we started the the call Jake and, and to Jimmy is we talked about it Friday and you've talked about it many a times I'm sure is that's the investment side that's the difference 
Yeah. You know, you look, that's the difference between being just a normal mid-table team, which Preston are, you know, being brutally honest, that's what Preston are at the moment. And they probably will be for a few more years until they have the um, investment. You know, Watford bringing on um, Dan Goslin, Troy Deeney wasn't even playing, you know, so you've got... Kept Andre just, Gray on the bench. Kept Andre Gray on the bench, you know, whereas Preston, we, we can't do stuff like that. We can't. And that's no disrespect yeah. to the lads that are there in the squad players. Is that is the difference? They've got Brazilian players and, and Portuguese players. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's five years of playing in the Premier League. That's the parachute money that they've got. You know the infrastructure they've got there at Watford. You know that's a Premier League club, really. If we're honest, you know, and it's well, the think- same with it's the same with likes of Norwich and Bournemouth, Swansea. You know, these are the clubs that have had the, the, the Premier League money, and we can't compete with that. You know, the this this come down from the Premier League next season. It's going to be the exactly. same, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, they're getting what is it, forty-five, fifty million pound in parachute money every year for the next three years? They're down here. If they stay down here for three years, it's just like you know. Our, our I think it does. Soon. It does reduce, doesn't it? Season it on does season, reduce, but it's it's not not massively. No. You know, I mean, we've, we're a club with a turnover. You know, an income last year of eleven million quid. You know, and these guys, are, you know, we get seven million pound in TV money. These guys are getting forty-five million. You know, so we can't it, for us to even be where we are in the league. I mean, we're twelfth, I think, at the minute. That's bloody good, to be fair. Let's be honest. And just something you just mentioned there, Scott, about next season. The the one thing, well, two things I think you missed there, Jake, was right back situation. We sold our best right back, and we haven't replaced it. We've put Brownie there yeah. as a stop as a, as a stop gap and try and develop him over the course of the season to hopefully become a good right back at the level. You know, and he hasn't really got any competition there. Apart from uh, are, are Joe we doing that, or is it just is it just a case of filling a gap for the time being, and we bring in right back Brownie as well? I don't, you know, his future career. Does he want to be known as a right back? That's yeah. the thing. It's like I know we, we asked Peter, you know, about the right back situation. I think Brownie will play wherever you want him to play. Yeah. You know, I think that's the type of person he is. But you know, we brought in eight lads in January, but five of them are on loan. You know, so realistically we could lose those five players in summer and then it's like you've got to recruit again and you know their key positions you know centre midfielder in, in Jason Malumbi goalkeeper in Iverson who looks you know he's not been challenged tonight really apart from the penalty he nearly got to that as well let's yeah. you know he, he, died, he got, went the right way and probably, probably unlucky you know in terms of, from a goalkeeping point of view I think he's I think he's gone the right way for all three that he's faced yeah so He's a, he's a good keeper, and then obviously Seth Vandenberg. We're not really seeing him play yet. Who else we got on loan? We've got a missing two here: uh, Liam Lindsay, centre half, obviously fitting like a glove. We've awesome. Help me here, mate. I'm, I'm missing one. Uh, 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 oh, no, no, Anthony Gordon. Seven, Andy but Gordon. even Chad Evans, Andy though, he's only signed but, to end of the season. Yeah. yeah, he's ours. To, well, he's he's permanent now, any but Anthony Gordon's the other one I'm missing. Yeah, um, who obviously looks like a spark. You know, it's like it's like he's creating something, and he probably puts that little bit of pressure on likes of Sinclair Potts Barkey you know puts them under pressure for the positions because this yeah. is a kid that wants to, wants to play every week so I think after after tonight as well I think you know we'll probably probably see him start on Saturday I don't think Barkey had his best game by any stretch of the imagination off the ball I thought he did well especially in the first half he works mm. tits off didn't he yeah, yeah. Um, that's, just, that's the thing we can't fault about North End tonight they did work bloody hard off the ball like you know they, they ran the socks off across, you know especially in the wide areas I thought because Messina and the other fullback they've not really, not really hurt they've not really hurt us have they I mean these are these are maybe their key positions in what we're seeing because they're like they're fullbacks to attack you know and they've not really done much all night 
But then you look at their front three and largely we've kept them quiet as well. So that's why it's a weird. That's why it's a weird night, and that's why it's been flat as a pancake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it literally is. It's been weird. It's been weird because we have kept them really quiet, but it lost. Yeah, and and that's football, isn't it? That's that's the game of football for you. Um, it's a funny one as well because I don't, I wouldn't look at it as a as a bad night either. Don't get me wrong, we've lost. It's never good when you lose, but you know, overall performance wise, we've we've covered it for the last. <laughs> 30 minutes you know I think you can't really knock anyone maybe the we, wingers but we've played worse this season and come out with points yeah Darby's has there been like, many games like that have you seen games like that it's just like a bit like oh just oh just weird there's been yeah. a lot of 1-0 defeats at home this season to be honest with you Scott I mean opening day Swansea Stoke at home Tonight, Millwall got beat 2 0 at home, but even then, the second goal was 86 minute penalty. Oh, Forest, nothing in it, all of them as well, nothing really in it. No, so it's like Forest at home, 1 0 penalty, yeah. Cardiff, 1 0. So, like, yeah. Yeah. So a lot, there's a lot of these games this season where I know we've lost eight now, I think it is at home this season, but I think five or six of them are, are by one, yeah. you know, by one goal. So it's just fine margins, that's you know, and you look, you draw two or three of them and it doesn't feel half as bad but that's part of our problem this season we've drawn three games all the season and you know you either you're winning or you lose night let's be honest but it just feels very much high or low there's no real middle ground and I think it just affects how everyone sort of perceives how we're doing and yeah I, I sort of get like a few fans tonight on social media have said would these results be acceptable in front of fans but I think we'd have picked up more points in front of fans because Deepdale's an odd place and you'll know more than anything when Deepdale's empty Scott it feels strange to you know I've, I've been lucky enough to play on Deepdale when it's empty like at end of seasons and stuff and it just feels weird being in the middle of the pitch when there's no one in the ground I totally agree with you yeah totally agree I played a couple of reserve games and it does it is weird it is really weird and it must feel like that for them it must feel like mm. a reserve game and it must be. I've I've had this conversation with a lot of people. And I say, do you reckon? But they are professional. I get that, and they will they will try and block out of their heads. But you, it's human nature. You can't help it. But think, oh, I, I might not. I don't have to try as hard to get to that ball because there's there's not twenty thousand people shouting at me. Yeah. Whereas if there was twenty thousand scre- people screaming at me, I would definitely get there. Does that make yeah. sense? Um, you know, and does that? It's just human nature. I, I really do think it is a big effect not having fans in the ground. And I think people as well, they keep saying, oh, would this happen with fans there? Would that happen with fans there? It, it's, I think it's too easy to say that because, you know, there's, it, you've got to remember what this season is. It's, it's a one-off. Mm. Hopefully it's a one-off. You know, hopefully it's never going to happen again. And, and like you said, Jim, you know, there's a n- number of results where we've lost by one goal and if fans were in the stadiums, yeah, we probably would have maybe got a point out of it or maybe three points. But, you know, the fact, the matter of fact is this season is what it is. So it, it's all, it's just conjecture really, isn't it? Saying, oh, would would this happen? Would this happen with fans there? Blah, blah, blah. But, well, yeah. I think, oh, you know, walking into the ground, what I loved at Preston, you know, was another thing is, the amount of good luck you got from walking into the ground at Preston from the car park. And that must be another thing. You know, the lads are walking in. No one. Probably there. not even feel like they're going to a game sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
just going to train. Them, you know what I mean? You know, they're not trying to get themselves up for a game. You know, that's a bit a night game driving towards Preston from Longridge, and you can see the floodlights, and you're thinking, "Whoa, that looks the bollocks." Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas now you're thinking, "I'm just going there for a training session, really." You know, it's, you try not to think like that. I know, but it, again, it's human. You can't nature. help you it, are. can you? You can't. I'm not going to play in front of 20,000 this time. You know? Yeah, strange, isn't it? Very, very. Cardiff then. So he's gone in there. They've drawn with Barnsley first game, drawn with Millwall, and then they beat Bristol City, Rotherham, Coventry, and then obviously they win tonight as well if it comes off. So well, seventy minutes in at the time of recording, and the two 0 up. And it's a good result that against Luton because Luton yeah. are decent this season. So it just like just shows like the Championship of season because they're. What four points ahead of us now? Just, just so tight this league. Just, but they, they've got a good, they've got a good squad. You know, well, we knew that from, no from last season, didn't we? Yeah, I'm surprised Kiefer Moore's not scored again tonight. You know, he took his goal really well on, on Saturday. Um, obviously, Harry Wilson's there. They beat us to Perry NG, as we're all probably aware in terms of the right back. I don't know if he's changed shape. It looks like they've gone three-five-two tonight. Just looking at their team, but be another interesting game for us, isn't it? You know, especially against. Yeah. I mean, McCarthy's teams have always been well organised, well drilled. Sometimes not the prettiest, but you know, to get the job done. Did you ever play against Mick McCarthy's team, Scott? No, I didn't. know. No, I never played against McCarthy's team. I played against Perry NG a few times. Good player. He's one of the best young right backs I've played against. Very yeah. good. Horrible he was... bastard as well. We had a bit of fight about it as well. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I liked it. Yeah, he was serving a ban, wasn't he, at some point this season? Like a six-game ban for something? Yeah, he spat, he spat either accidentally or towards <laughs> an assistant manager. Spat I was like, accidentally. And on purpose. Yeah, it's one of them. But... Well, like you said, horrible little bastard. So, yeah. I liked him. He was good. Tacking, he was um, fit, up and down. He's young, yeah, he's good. Reminds me of Billy Jones, like when, yeah, when Bill was, yeah, all right, just a bit good on the ball, very composed, quite happy to pick up a channel position as well. So, yeah, like him. But it'd be interesting, what you know, to see. Obviously, Greg playing against. Well, Greg, Greg, Greg will be allowed to play, won't he? Because he's not on loan now. So, be interesting if Greg goes back in, right? Do a job on your former club, the guy that's just let you go. That'll be. Um, That'd be an interesting battle if it goes Greg against Perry NG. Well, he's so. spoken, hasn't he, Greg? I think today um, about how it it just feels like he's had an extended holiday away from North End. So, mm. not sure what to take from that, but it probably will because he's only played what twenty five games whilst he was away from us. Yeah. So, yeah, they've gone to top. They've gone with Josh Murphy and Keith Moore tonight. That'd be a really good battle that between our two and. The, if we, we, I think we'll go three-five-two. To be honest with you, Match I think we'll go up. with. Yeah, Alex Neil likes to do that when a team plays three-five-two. Like likes to go like for like. So, be interesting what he does up top, though. I think obviously he'll go with Chad again, but it depends who he plays with him. I might play Scott closer to him tonight. Maybe give Emil a start. I don't know. I don't know if that works. You know, Emil and, and Evans it just feels very. I don't know. It doesn't feel right as a partnership. He's got no confidence either, has he, Reese? He's got he no confidence. shot a bit at the minute, doesn't he? No, he came on again. He just things are bouncing off him. Yeah, 
pass and yeah, he passed one behind um, thingy, didn't he? Uh, um, Hughes that just went out of play and I'm just thinking, I just feel sorry for him. You know, I know exactly what he's feeling. It's just... It's funny because it's not, it's not even like he's had like a hand in from the fans or anything. Um, I wonder if it's just the fact that he's a young lad, moved over here, living on his own in Manchester. He probably. started right there, didn't he? He got a couple Yeah, of, he, he started on fire. Um, but I think Alex Neal's been talking about him uh, with George at Lanks Live this week. And reading that and reading between the lines, it seems to me like he's maybe very harsh on himself, focuses mm. too much on the things that he does wrong and the negative aspects of his game than instead of focusing on the positives. And, you know, credit Alex Neal, he's come out and ma- given, given him like masses of praise. Um, and I think he's even said himself, you know, Emil needs to sort of focus more on on what he's good at and his attributes and, and stop being too critical of himself. I think he's always going to... If he scores that chance against Rovers, you know, his head comes up again. You know, because he's missed a couple of chances now. And I think when you're a striker and you get... You, You've not had a goal. You've not scored a goal since what November now, is it for for Emil? I don't think he's. Uh, um, he December, scored, scored, scored the penalty, penalty, didn't he? And no, he scored the penalty against Wickham in the in the cup in January. But it's a penalty for a strike. I know. I know it's a goal, but it's not not from open play, yeah. is it? You know, he scored that goal against. Bur- he scored that goal against Borough. Um, I think that's last goal. I think that was like middle of December. Yeah. So. You know, he just wants to get the monkey off his back more than anything. Because I think it's, you know, it gives him that confidence. Again, similar to where we're at with Barkey at the minute, you know, it just looks a little bit short of confidence, and probably just needs to want to go off in off his backside or something just to get his head back up. Yeah, I think but, think that one against that one against Rotherham goes in, and he's probably bouncing off the walls again. Yeah. So, how was it when when you, obviously when you're in the dressing room with strikers that are maybe getting frustrated or pissed off with themselves because they're missing chances or they're not scoring or... Just, I think, um, I keep telling them that at least they're getting the chances, they're in the right positions. If they weren't even having chances, then you'd be a little bit worried, you know, trying yeah. to... I think they're just, they're just like big kids, strikers, they need love. <laughs> just tell them they're loved and they'll be all right, you know? I think, oh, I'm the worst striker in the world. No, you're not. You're the best. You're brilliant. Love you. You've got lovely eyes. Look at you. You're beautiful. Just Go on, get out there and score. And I think, I think it just they're happy then. Oh, am I? Am I good? Am I that good? They just want to be. They want to be told they're good strikers. Reassured. Yeah. So yeah. I think you just got to butter them up. I think that's the way to deal with strikers. <laughs> Unless they're like Big Kev Davis, who just didn't. You didn't tell him anything. He just. Yeah, you know, I can just, imagine. Just go out there and do what he does. <laughs> Elbow people, flick it on, and you know, didn't really score, but he's, he's happy doing his job. Yeah. But other people, you need to give them love. Even Garns, the Garns need a bit of love. Not um, yeah, he did. He's a big softy guy. <laughs> the best thing about Garns is beating him at cards before the game on the bus. That's the best thing. He gets angry then. If you beat yeah. if he lost a game of anything before if you play anything. So we, even if we didn't play cards, we try and play like um rock, paper, scissors or something, just to get him to lose and we'll fix it so he lost. <laughs> him angry then. He gets him angry. When he loses stuff, he gets angry and then it, he gets the best. He always scored goals then. Got a hat-trick, didn't he, in, in Cyprus the other day? Yeah, 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 Garns, top guy. I spoke to him actually the other day, actually saw what he was doing, but he's, like, he's, a, he's happy as Larry out there, I think, in the sun. Why wouldn't you be? Actually, the love, you know, I think that's what Grace, That's why he loved Grayson, because Grayson was really good at giving him that love. Um, Snod was really good at giving him that love and got the best out of him wherever he took Bex. He was yeah. one of them, definitely, and he did it. But I, I do think, 
all the strikers I played for, they need love. If you give them that, um, give them the reassurance. But that's just that's footballers. I think that's why I was exactly the same. Like like you're talking about Emil there. I think I was like that. I was very, you know, in training, I'd do something wrong. I'd swear at myself, fuck's sake, Eddie. Come on, calling myself every name under the sun. You know, and actually, why, why was I doing that? You know, just it happens. That's football. It's not everything. It never goes right in a game. Most yeah. of the time it goes wrong. Passes go wrong, but you make a bad pass into a good one. You know, it's not, it's very rarely actual pass goes on target. It usually goes either side of the play you're aiming for. So you have to go and move themselves to get to it. So I think you just got to, you just got to deal with it. And I said, you're right. One needs to go off his ass and he'll be all right again. That's, that, that's always the way in it. That's what unwritten rule in football, get one and the others start coming. But Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. You've got people yeah. like Gordon on the pitch because he creates things. Just a spark, yeah. isn't he? Just wants to find get, a way to get him and Sinclair in the team. You need to find a way to get those two in the team, I think. Yeah. Be difficult to play. I don't think he's a, a wing back, is he, Gordon? I just don't see him playing that sort of role. Um, Could so it'd be interesting. Could he play off? Chet? Could do. Could do, yeah. Just say, kind of float around. He looks like he'll work as hard, you know, but obviously, but at least he's playing in the, off the striker. He doesn't have too much defensive responsibility. He's just say, right, as soon as we lose the ball, go and mark their holding midfielder. That's what you got to do. Yeah. The, saw- um, the Everton fan that we had on a couple of weeks ago after we'd signed him, he he did say his, his sort of preferred position is that out on the left, cutting in onto his right foot. But he said, in all honesty, he's probably comfortable anywhere across that sort of front three, whether it's out wide or in the in the hole behind so to play him and I, I would talk to him say look as soon as we lose it do that get on that get on the holding midfielder or press the ball if the other striker's away and then keep finding pockets of space in that inside left channel and try and get on the ball you know cutting in from there cause them yeah. all sorts of problems there and have a have a aggressive wing back like Sinclair on the left who's going to occupy their full back to allow Gordon to drop into those pockets if you don't have a if you have a a, a wing back is a little bit more deeper. It's going to allow their fullback to mark the winger and Gordon. So if you have an attacking left winger who's going to occupy their fullback, it'll allow Gordon to get in those pockets of space in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure you could play Sinclair and Gordon on the same side because Scott Scott likes cutting in on his right as well. And Susan could do it then, you know, because he can compensate then for that. Because he, yeah. he does, he does occupy fullbacks because he's just non-stop running, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, and Brad Potts is the there. same as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you've got to play someone who's going to occupy the fullback to get. If you're going to play, if we're talking like that, just quickly, it's coming to my head. That's how I yeah. would try and deal with it and get him in those little pockets in in between the lines. And, get and if he's the if he's a bit close to the striker as well, if he's got a midfielder close to him, he can link play and. You need him on the half turn, running at defence. That's that's his best. Like even there, twenty minutes I've seen him there, and I'm thinking he excited me for twenty minutes just because he ran at defenders. Yeah, and that's what you need. Defenders hate people running at them. Yeah. No, I think it's um, you could probably play him in the DJ role as well. DJ played that high up the pitch tonight. You could play him in that little pocket, you know, just behind Evans or whichever striker goes with on Saturday. I think it's um, it's, it's an option. I, I, can you, I just, I, I'd love to see us have a go at a team, you know, with a bit of genuine pace and a, a bit of a genuine spark. Um. I know obviously the championship this season it's not really been like that. I know it's quite a stale league. It's quite safe to be honest. You know, there's never been a season where there's been so few goals. You know, look at the league tonight. There's you know one ones, two nils. You know, there's not. It's not like the games are full of goals. You know, it's 
it's quite, it just feels a little bit safe. And I think everyone's just desperate for the season to finish to some degree. You know, we've been playing now. We've had what four weeks off since the start of last since football resumed in what June, July. And it's just it feels we're coming up towards what, ten months now of constant football. You know, and a lot of those weeks we've had two games a week. Yeah, it's just I think everyone's a little bit knackered. And you know those teams at the top end of the league that have got the bigger squads and the, the better squad to depth. You know, in terms of depth, you know, look at Watford tonight. They didn't even bring Troy Dean into deep though. You know they could leave me down south. You know, have the night off. You know, we need you for weekend. That sort of attitude. I think. You know, those... Did they not put something out saying that he's going to be missing for a few weeks because he's got a few few issues? Oh, I've not. I've, mate, I've not seen that. But if if that's the case, then fair enough. But like. I think well, there'll be teams... leaving Andre Gray on the bench. Yeah, but they can afford to do that yeah. because they've got enough quality in the squad. You know, we're literally playing the best team we can each week. You know, Ledson's missed out tonight through an injury. Um, and then Greg's dropped out due to a tactical change. That's it. That's it. You know, we're going to continue to sort of use the same sort of 12, 13, 14 players every week, I think, at the minute. Yeah. Um, I've seen a tweet that's just come in off Paul Elliott. Um bit of a question for you here, Scott. How important for you was it to try and sort of play in a, an unchanged 11 or try and play in sort of the same team week in, week out? Or was there room for it to make? Because I think Simon Grayson liked to make changes from what I remember. I think he liked to make two or three changes every every game. You know, yeah, to I think try and there's different ways it's going to cut, isn't there? I think two ways of doing that is, one, to make changes every week. We'll keep everyone on their toes. So you've got to mm. be performing and you know that you know, if you're out the team one week, you know, you've got a chance to play next week. So it also keeps everyone happy. So there's no unrest because you know, right, oh, he's making that change this week because we're going that way tactically. But next week, I'll go back to this way. So you'll play. He was very good at communicating that as well, Grayson. Um, but for me, I think, forget it right, that this season, again, is an anomaly. So it's, it's messed everything up. So you have to use your squad this season. So you have to make changes because there's so many games. But normally, I like, 13, 14 core players that know they're going to play every week. And then you have two or three that come in now and again every few weeks. Um, but I think, again, it's like going back to the back four point. You keep that continuity. You keep everyone knows what they're doing. We did it at Stevenage really well. We had 13, 14 players for two or three years. And we knew exactly what we're doing at any stage of the game, any part of the pitch. We knew that I was going to cross it or Boswick was going to put it in the channel or Beardo was going to run in behind or Robbo was going to head it but we knew exactly because we played every week it was the same team virtually every week so yeah. you get to know what you're going to do but then as I say there's different ways of doing it I think this year you have to use your squad because there's so many games like you just said you're playing twice a week you know I, I could play lads could play twice a week and we, we wanted to play twice a week but your body can take it especially in a championship that's a tough level to play you know to play yeah. twice a week every week is is tough on the body so you need to rotate and that again goes back to the point they're able to rotate and leave Andre Gray out and Troy Deeney We're, we can't really do that at this moment yeah yeah it's tough and I think it might have been you or maybe it was Sedgy I can't remember but um, it's been said on, on on here in the past that you know normally Christmas is the toughest part of a season for for players with that sort of Build up to uh, build up to Christmas and then through Boxing Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, whatever it is, and they've had that basically for for months this season. Yeah, 
But at least at Christmas, you knew it was coming. So some players were clever and they'd get themselves sent off or get themselves a booking so they could miss those Christmas ones. Yeah. <laughs> but this year, you just you can do it anytime you want because it's game after game. Yeah, I know it's yeah. Neymar's, Neymar's injured again, isn't he? I know it's obviously not North End related, but it's that this time of year, he always gets injured. It's his sister's birthday. Yeah. Weird. It happens, anyway. it happens. But I think back to that point there, Jimmy, you said is, it is... Every manager is different, but I would like to keep that same continuity and keep that that core of players playing. But at this this season, you can't really do it because there's just so many games. Yeah, just looked at the calendar. We've got eight games the next five weeks before the international break. Mm. Uh, it's just it's just, just intense, isn't it? I think it's dropping. It, yeah, it's there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs over the next sort of eight games. You know, I'd be quite happy if, to. If, not, if North End fans aren't used to that already after this season. No. Then... And uh, I just, I have no uh, hope. it's just, it's just for I mean, It's like it's the championship. These things happen. But tonight yeah. we've just been, we've been beat by the only shot on target. You know, they took the chance that we've gifted them, and we move on. We try and get some out of the game Saturday. Simple as that. Simple as that. What's your predictions for Saturday? Mm. Hey, when you do this, you, I'm you started say- it. Did months I? and months and months ago, there was about two or three weeks where you you were the one that always asked. Both, I don't think it is. Both teams score for me. Yeah, Both I think teams it, I, score. I think we'll win two one. I think we'll just we'll, you know they're they're due a defeat. If they they've gone six unbeaten since new manager comes in. Come on, let's let's spoil the party. So two we're one. Good at, we're good at spoiling parties, to be fair. Yeah, Brad Potts and Barky to score. <laughs> <laughs> that might not happen. You called it here, though. You called it. Oh, I've, got, I've called a lot of things on this podcast, to be honest with you, Scott. But it'd be good next season to keep a, keep a track of all the things that we predict and see what over a season actually comes off. Mm. I don't think we'd be better off for it. A broken clock's right twice a day, mate, as I yeah, keep saying. Exactly. It. See where we would have been on our predictions in the league where we would have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I'll go with a draw. I'll go with 1-1. I think both teams have scored something, yeah. I think I think Jimmy might be right. I think Jimmy could be right. I hope, I hope anyway. so. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cheers, fellas. Unless either of you two have got anything else you want to add or say, then we can call that a podcast. I think it's just fine lines. Fine lines are for the two games I've seen. Yeah. Fine lines. One went our way on Friday against Blackburn and then tonight just didn't go our way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, thank you very much, listener, for listening to episode 40 of the From the Finney podcast. As I said at the start, you can support us by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. And if you aren't already, go and give us a follow on Twitter. Um, yeah. Cheers, fellas. Thank you very much. Nice one. Cheers, nice one. Scott. Yeah, cheers, cheers laddie. We'll uh, have you on again soon, no doubt. Please. When, whenever, whenever, mate. I said to you at the <laughs> weekend, whenever, just let me know. Sorted. All right, North End fans, the juice here. You're listening to From the Finney. This is our brand new single, Tell Me Tina. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, no.
Have to find another way to get my data brighter 